Life is hard when you don't know who you are. It's harder when you don't know what you are. My love carries a death sentence. I was lost for years, searching while hiding, only to find that I belong to a world hidden from humans. I won't hide anymore. I will live the life I choose. Listening to episode 23 of Fatalist, a podcast devoted to the Showcase Network supernatural series Lost Girl, also appearing on Sci Fi. My name's Dave, and I'm here with Wayne. Well, actually, I'm not here with Wayne. We are in separate locations once again, but don't read anything into it, people. It's, uh, we're still getting along fine. We're still talking to each other, just uh, not in the same room. Yeah, and uh, here on the East Coast, and I guess uh, over on the West Coast, and pretty much every coast, uh, we're entering the holiday season. And, and uh, my wife asked me tonight, are you allowed to say Merry Christmas? Uh, I think we are allowed to. Yeah, it's it's my podcast. I can say Merry Christmas if I want to. There you go. Happy Hanukkah and uh, or whatever you're celebrating at this time of the year. And I guess like a lot of people, we're... You know, life's getting a little bit in the way of our podcasting, so we decided to go, uh, you know, go this route tonight. And Wayne, I will tell you this: I've been telling you for a while, it is cold in the studio here. <laughs> well, I'm nice and warm in my house, so maybe okay. we'll keep doing it like this for a while. So. Okay, but uh, uh, I think we'll be leaving the shoes on the next time we're here, and uh, because we're over a garage and the floor's pretty cold, but. Anyway, they don't want to hear that. So, uh, yeah, as you guys can probably hear, Wayne's been uh, sick for the better part of a week, which is the reason we delayed podcasting. Yeah, so if you hear me coughing up along anywhere during the podcast, uh, fret not. I'm all right. I'm feeling much better. All right. So what have you been watching? Anything? Dude, I've been watching nothing at all. Not, not a thing this week. I've been going to bed at like 730 every single night, so... I uh, have, have not been really keeping up on anything, except for Lost Girl. I did watch that stuff. I did my homework. Well, well you know what? And we were, you know, this week we were both prepared to go with four episodes. And, uh, you know, so I've actually had some time this week to watch something. And you know what? I guess like, like you, now I wasn't sick, but I was pretty tired. But I have been keeping up with Andromeda. And, and you know, uh, I'm going to probably be singing the Andromeda praises for, uh, well, probably another hundred episodes or so. But. That's yeah, awesome. I thought you said you're. Gonna, I thought you were about to say you're going to sing the Andromeda theme song. That would have been cool. Uh, no, I don't think so. But uh, you know, and I think I did does, mention. Does it have a good theme song? Uh, you know what? That's kind of the weak link. And uh, you know, I think I've mentioned before. Jay Firestone is uh, one of the executive producers on Andromeda, and and obviously he is one of the executive producers on Lost Girl. So uh, you know, that's pretty cool. Other than that, you know. Uh, Fringe is airing as we speak, so hopefully you remember to TiVo it. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. But I just hope all our listeners know that what the sacrifice I am making right now to do this podcast. Yeah, you're, miss, you know, missing my fringe. I mean, I, I try every Friday night to stay up and watch it. And invariably, I make it to about the 930 mark. And then the next thing I know, it's 10 after 10. And, uh, you know, I end up watching it the next day. But, you know, there's not a whole lot else on, you know, in terms of uh, the shows we watch. So, yeah, everything's on hiatus, you know, Arrow, Supernatural, um, you know, but Lost Girl will be starting up soon. And, you know, that's awesome. I think uh, Continuum is they're going to start showing season one soon, right? In sci fi? Yeah, January 14th. Yeah. 
So, uh, so there's some stuff on the horizon, though. We're, we're losing Fringe very soon. That's going to be – that's just going to be really, really sad. Man. That's, that's going to be a bummer, you know? Like he's, yeah. You know, it's you – know, like we went through this like almost at the end of every season with Fringe where you're like, is it going to be renewed? Is it not? You know, so you had that angst there. And then we've known this one's coming like the whole way, the whole time. But uh, just now that we're, you know, down to uh, you know less than a month left, uh, just a couple of weeks left of the show, and you know, staring it in the face now, no more new Fringe episodes. It's a, uh, you know, it's bittersweet. Yeah, I mean, it's been five years, um, and and yeah. I mean, I not That's like the, uh, I, I know. I, Right. Now, I know with Lost, you, uh, you know, you came to it late, so you were able to just, you know, watch one after another, right? Right, for Lost, yeah. But for Fringe, yeah, for Fringe, yeah, I started, well, I think it was, I mean, I think you, you turned me on to it probably when season one was just ending, maybe, I think. Yeah, well, you, well, you know, worst case, you've been on the, on the, uh, train for four years and uh, it's been a long time but uh anyway well why don't we get to some lost girl here um before our skype connection yeah completely it's pretty sketchy deteriorates. Yeah, but uh hopefully it'll, it'll hold up for yeah, so, enough uh, time to talk about these episodes at least two of them maybe yeah at least two all right anyway so uh we've got episode 14 season two midnight lamp and i you know i thought pretty cool the you know the whole genie and the uh, uh and the lamp mythology and they tie it into the fey world so uh you know i was digging that yeah i was especially digging the genie uh yes you know who, who um, that, you know who that was no that's lauren holly oh yes i do right so, right yeah. and, and actually that's my one oh gosh shame on me i mean that's my one main non-sci-fi show that I watch, which is NCIS. And she was the director on there for, gosh, I guess about four or five seasons. So uh, I was just thinking she used to be married to Jim Carrey. Yeah. And she was in the you know. Dumb and Dumber. She was like the hot chicken Dumb and Dumber. Yeah. So, all right. Anyway, uh, opening scene, we see uh, Bo finds Kenzie's note that she's gone on the road with Nate and, uh, uh, yeah, not too surprising. I mean, that, that we were kind of left, you know, with that that thought in the previous episode. Yeah, we're sad uh, to see uh, Kenzie go, but at least she took Nate with her. So, yeah, and, and I mean, <laughs> not a big Nate fan. Yeah, I, 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 I feel that. bad. Like I was actually listening to old episodes, and I feel like I'm being kind of harsh. I don't want whoever the actor is. I don't even know what the actor's name is. I, I should, but um, I don't want him to take it wrong. You know, it's just not like he's not doing a good job. I think he's doing a great acting job playing him as a you know as kind of a tool but uh yeah i just yeah i don't know like you know i don't know there's just something about him that bugs me in my deepest inner sensibility it's it's all me it's about me it's not you nate it's me yeah anyway so lachlan and and, and, you know we're seeing more and more lachlan showing up at bose and he shows up and he needs her to get some sort of you know at this point you know a movie star tv star uh, for some unknown reason, and and you know, as you just uh, said, it, it is played by Lauren Holly, and uh, you know she come you know comes across as some sort of diva, and you know so that's that's what we're left with in the opening scene. Right. Well, then she like she she you know kills that guy, right? Right. Right. That was now is she an a freet? A like, freet. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, I'm spelling it E F F R E T E. I'm not sure if that's that's how I spell it too, but like I said, I mean, I'm just 
the, uh, no, there will be no uh, segment X this week. Uh, as right, <laughs> right, because we're just going to. We didn't have time to research any of the Fay that was on here. I, I was just well, trying to write them down we, phonetically. Right, and we just want to plow through, uh, you know, these episodes if we can. All right, now, uh, so, so we, we, we learned that the Ifrit's only going to cop, uh, cooperate if they're enslaved. Did I hear that correctly? And yeah, well, anyone who's seen uh, Aladdin knows this basic, uh, you know, basic, basic genie rules. Ask okay. any nine-year-old; they know them. <laughs> well, we better not let nine-year-olds see uh, Lost. Yeah, Power, yeah right. True, especially this particular episode. Yeah. So uh, apparently, and and this was kind of cool. The uh, uh, apparently now now is her name Sodia. I, it's been a while since I watched this episode and yeah. took the notes on it. Uh, it was even longer because I you know, watched it for the, the previous oh, yeah, you, podcast. So. Yeah. Okay. But she's been crossing back and forth between planes of existence. So, you know, I, I guess what are we talking? Parallel universes here or whatever. Oh, most but, people call yeah. that college. Okay. <laughs> I like it. Um, but either way, it's pretty cool. So, uh, you know, now we've got a lot of things going on, you know, while – this is taking place because in the background we've still got the the Garuda looming on the horizon, and uh, you know we, we find out that Trick, you know, the Garuda's coming for him, right? So that he, you know, and what basically wants him to rewrite the Fey laws and start another war, and and you know we find out that uh, you know the, the whole fact that you know he brokered a peace is pretty much keeping the Garuda in the background and, you know, the Garuda uh, feeds off of turmoil and yeah, there's no, no turmoil to feed off of. Yeah. Which is funny because I mean, we're now most of the way through a second season and pretty much have the bird turmoil pretty much every single episode. Like it seems to me that there's plenty of stuff for the, uh, for the Garuda to feed on. If you really think about it. Yeah. Now what's the deal with the bracelet? You know, uh, you know, early on we see Bo's fascinated, and I'm trying to remember where she get. Is that did Trick give it to her? No, no, Ryan gave her that for her birthday. Oh, right, 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 right. Remember, it's the only non-weapon gift she got. Oh, right, right. And there's, it looks like there's something written on the inside, but I couldn't tell what it was. Yeah, yeah, don't know. Um, and you know, um, Trick seems pretty surprised, and and I guess rightly so that uh, when he hears that Bo and Lachlan are teaming up. And, you know, uh, she's on a line, so, you know. Yeah, she can I mean, she can he, do what she wants. She's a big girl. Step right, off, Trick. be surprised, but now uh, we don't see a lot of uh, the B story, but it is pretty interesting because it seems to revolve around Dyson and, uh, you know, his relationship angst, you know, related to Bo, related to Kiara. Uh, you know, he goes to see the Norn again. Yeah, what the hell, man? Why, D? Come on, nothing good. It just basically gives her another opportunity to to cackle and and gloat. Like, what else was he expecting? You know? Yeah, I mean, you know, the the whole you know the 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 revelation that he can't love Kiara. Uh, it goes back to the Norn and and basically, you know, it's telling her that that she cheated him and that you know that wasn't the deal that you know he made and she explains that oh yes it was the deal you made and you knew that was the deal you made so it's not not unlike what probably the the people who work cashing the chips in vegas here pretty much daily 
you know, oh, yeah, if you just, just give me some of my chips back, you know, and just give me a little bit. I'm, you know, you didn't explain it correctly. You know, you didn't tell me about the game. You didn't tell me the dealer. Yeah. Well, you know, wins. I think when uh, Danielle was with us last time, you know, we were talking about this and, and, you know, it was something that I guess I just missed that nuance of it. You two, you know, seemed to pick up on it, but, you know, I guess I was like Dyson. I didn't pick up on it. So, um, you know, so we see, you know, that's kind of in the, in the going on in the background. Uh, but, you know, it's a lot about Ryan Lambert. So, you know, what's up with him? What do you, what do you think of him? Well, I'm starting to con- feel a little bit concerned for myself because all my favorite characters in this show are Dark Fae. Uh, you know, I've made no, no secrets about my affection for Vex and the Morgan. And now here comes Ryan, and he is awesome. He's like the anti-Nate. You know, he's, he's fantastic. He's, he, he's like, he, uh, you know, he steals pretty much every scene he's in and, uh, just, uh, just a great character, complex, you know, like here's a dark fae that not just I like for perverse reasons, like the Morgan and Vex, but the guy that I genuinely like as a character, you know, like as almost as a person, like, you, you well, know, yeah. you like, you think, you know, like you like him as a, as a person, whereas don't like Vex or the Morgan. Like as people, I realize they're pretty flawed people, pretty, pretty awful people in many respects. But uh, Ryan, you generally like, yeah, here's a, he's a, I don't want to say necessarily good guy, but very likable guy, I guess. Well, I mean, I think again, as we keep meeting these dark, dark Fey, and that you know the ones that we see with some regularity, like the Morgan, uh, you know, like Vex, um, you know, well, okay, maybe they're more evil than some of the light fay that we're running into. But, you know, they're not that much more uh, more evil. You know, so that it just seems like that, that distance between the light and the dark isn't as great as we were led to believe. Right, and it's not. And, and actually, they there's at one point, Ryan mentions this, you know, like, oh, you, are you one of those people that thought all dark fay are, are bad, you know? And, well, honestly, at first, I mean, you do call yourselves the dark fay, so, you know, and... and you know, when you have a dark and a light side of something, well, we've all seen Star Wars a couple of times, so we know that the, you know, the 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 dark side of the force is the bad, and the light side of the force is good. So, um, you know, it's just, you know, basic. But in reality, you know, that's not the case. And we see, especially in the last uh, episode with um, Hale's family, you know, we see that. You know, there's some, I mean, well, we've seen also in other examples, but we've seen a new number of examples in the life, hey, uh, where they are just not just, you know, unlikable, but just downright bad people. Yeah. Now, I'm not sure what he, his deal is. I mean, he seems to be some sort of inventor or artist, uh, you know, whatever it is, he's very wealthy. Oh, my gosh. I, I'm not, I mean, I'm fairly into cars. I don't know. It looks like he's got a mint Shelby Cobra sitting in his, uh, uh, loft there, uh, yeah. I'll take your word for it. I just know it looked like a yeah, very nice I mean, car, mint condition. But uh, you know, I mean, he's clearly you know, some sort of inventor, and, and we, you know, we find out that he's, you know, working on what turns out to be the genie's lamp. And and again, I guess I'm, I don't have the uh, the background of uh, Aladdin that you do, but uh, so so obviously <laughs> this lamp is designed to trap the Afrit. Right. Well, and he is a Loki, which you probably would have paid better attention to if you had seen Thor or the Avengers. 
but you haven't. But this, I can, I don't even need to look this one up because I know all about Loki. Because Loki is a character from Norse mythology, and he's like a trickster. Um, and there's actually a a similar type character in Supernatural. Um, but you know, so he's always, you know, he's always causing discord in in. Uh, oh, I can't remember the name of the Norse heaven. Darn it! But um, you know, Valhalla. No, that's the land of heroes. Uh, nah, well, whatever. Anyway, up there, he's always causing problems, and you know, he's uh, always kind of like a pain in, in Thor's side and everything. Thor's not the the smartest god, you know. Thor's like, you know, he's got a big hammer, and you know, his most solution is to smash things with it and everything. But uh, well, what I like is he builds the lamp that even he can't escape from. Right. As we as we find out. So uh, but even before that, you know, so so Bo's Bo goes to that party, uh, you know, to meet uh, the Afrit and Lambert's there, which, you know, seems to somewhat uh, discombobulate her. She seems a little bit tongue tied when she sees him. And, uh, you know, we find out that he's, you know, there to help her capture the Afrit. So, yeah, just just here to help. Which makes him a good guy. I just, I, yeah. Yeah, I just like Ryan. He's just, yeah. you know, great, great character. Lots of fun. All right. Uh, so dropping and breaking the box, uh, cliche. Yeah, maybe a little bit, but you know, yeah, you yeah, make some allowances. It is TV for crying out loud. You know, it's yeah. like. Well, what I do like though, you know, uh, that you know they drop it, they break it, they're upset, and then it actually has worked, right? I mean, it's just that instead of the afrit being trapped in it all three of them are trapped right right and then uh, cool special effects with the uh fireballs that she's throwing at them and, and then uh I, I guess does does lambert tell her to use the bracelet yes okay and yeah. you know at that point we're it's like a uh, wonder woman man like you remember the old uh was it the lindsey carter wonder woman she always like blocking bullets with their bracelets and stuff uh, okay. You know what? Honestly, that was like Linda in a Carter. Time... Linda Carter, not Lindsay Carter. Yeah. I mean, that was a time period for me where it was sort of like in between. I wasn't wa- watching much TV at that point. So I kind of missed Wonder Woman. I mean, I remember it, but, you know, not really. But Well, yeah. I'm not afraid to say that. I might have said it before, but Linda Carter pretty much defined womanhood for me for a long time, maybe forever. Like, I might have imprinted upon her, at, uh, you know, a pretty young age and uh never really gotten her out of my mind if she called me tomorrow i'd I'd probably ditch my wife uh (laughs) i you know what i think you said that last time too did i all right i should probably Uh, stop saying it then um yes well fortunately our wives don't listen to the podcast they they don't but you never know (laughs) yeah uh now i one thing that really struck me is that uh the showrunner, the producers, the director, whoever's responsible missed a perfect opportunity for product placement when Bo's able to get a cell signal from inside the genie's lamp. Yeah, no, all right, well done, Verizon, or something like that. Yeah, yeah right. Or uh, you know, just you know, show her, show the little uh, Sprint logo on her phone as she's opening yeah. it up, or whatever. But uh, you know, and then her line, you know, this isn't some adventure, all fatum. Depends on me. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Did but you just yeah. say that? Did you yeah. just say that? Yeah. I mean, I guess it's bad that I even repeated what she said. But, yeah, yeah. as you said, it's TV. All right. So, All right. anyway, we see you that. You had in your notes, yeah. 
what seems to be kind of uh, uh, a predict a predictable occurrence that Bo's going to square off with somebody, and uh, uh, you know she and Lauren Holly are squaring off. But uh, it's Hale's perfect pitch that comes to the rescue, and uh, you know that that we don't ordinarily see the siren as being this this uh, uh, you know big fighter, but uh, you know he he certainly is able to disarm her with that. Yeah, you know, necessarily when you're going into battle, you don't necessarily rate very highly the guy who can sing really well. But, uh, you know, he proves his worth. He has right. in the past as well. So don't sleep on hail, man. All right. Now, now was it Trick uh, that was going through the different ways that that Bo could uh, disarm the Afrit? And, and, you know, one of them was to leave her mark. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, you got, I'll tell you. Yeah, okay. That was that was great. That was good. How she left her mark. That was that was the last thing I considered. Well, I won't even say that. That implies that I considered it at all, which I didn't. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I definitely did not see her giving her a hickey as being right. the way she'd lead the mark. But that's right. what she and, did. Right, and I guess that's only going to temporarily control her because <laughs> yeah. eventually it'll wear right. Off. Yeah, it's wear off after like a day or two, and then you know, then you don't have to wear turtlenecks anymore. Then, you know, pretty much, uh, I mean, certainly not the, the, the most important thing in the episode, but, you know, certainly pretty significant nonetheless when Bo tells Lachlan that she'll be his partner, but not his champion. Right. Yeah, yeah. Which is, you know, semantics, huh? Yeah, you're right. I mean, I guess, you know. It's like, I, I don't care. Are you going to fight or not? Well, I think it's in part probably a reaction to – you know, her feeling, you know, that she, she was... Yeah, I'm not working uh, for you. Yeah. You and, don't owe me. Well, and I think it also, you know, goes back to the thing with Dyson and, you know, that he more or less has, you know, ditched her. But, uh, all right, so anyway, we're back at Lambert's. Uh, you know, the two of them go at it again. And uh, Kiara shows up because Dyson's been ignoring her. Uh and he makes the mistake, you know, he fails uh, Relationship 101 when he tells Kiara about the deal he made with the Norn. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I guess we probably all have one point in our relationship, and it usually comes early on. We're like, you know what, we should be completely honest in this relationship. And so you do something following up on that philosophy, and you realize that's freaking stupid. Why did I do that? I should be mostly honest, but... There are some things that it's probably best to not be quite so honest about. Well, and I'm telling you, it happens to me all the time, as I'm sure it does to you, that, you know, and, and in the big scope of things, they're, they're mostly little things that uh, you think, oh, should I tell her this? And then you think, uh, no. Yeah. Yeah, yeah she doesn't need to know. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, like I said, in the big scope of things, it's not that big a deal. But, right. uh, um, you know, she comes back, so you were willing to give up everything for her. Uh, and, uh, you know, so that, that pretty, uh, uh, certainly puts a little crimp in their relationship. And then, you know, the but you episode... almost expect them to say, yeah, but it's just cause I really loved her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, even Dyson knows not to go there. No. And then the episode ends with, uh, you know, in bed with Lambert and, and he says, am I your first? <laughs> first yeah. what? Dark Faye. You know, and then it's like, da da. Yeah. So. Yeah, well, because it does. That's you know, it, it is how they how they play that. Because you know, seeing this now, we know he's the dark fate. But I did remember the first time being like really like completely taken aback by that because you're just used to thinking 
the Dark Fae are all the bad guys, right? And so here's this guy that we really, really like. And the end, he says he's Dark Fae. It's like, whoa, you know, like, wait a second. You know, you people are likable. Some of you are likable. Really? Yeah. But, uh, you know, all in all, a pretty good episode. I mean, I, I definitely like the genie in the bottle thing and uh, – um, you know, like you. I mean, I definitely like Ryan Lambert. So, yeah, Lauren Holly's looking good still. So, thumbs up on the thumbs up on this episode. All right. Well, why don't we take a look at uh, episode fifteen, uh, Table for Faye? And you know, it was okay. Um, I think in in looking at yeah. my notes, I'm, I noticed. You know, I have. Uh, fewer notes for this episode than I do for all of the others. Um, you know, the opening scene, again, your boy Nate returns home with uh, Kenzie from being out on the road, and they uh, hear Bo and Ryan Lambert going at it. He comes out, uh, he being Ryan, uh, comes out in, in his underwear and runs into Kenzie and, you know, awkward moment. Yeah, and, like, Bo comes down, like, like she, she's without the robe on her top completely yet. You know, it's just like clearly there's other people in your apartment. Maybe you should like, you know, tie up the robe before you come through the door. You know, I'm just, just saying. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I guess they could, you could argue that she didn't know Kenzie was coming back this soon, but uh, I don't know. You but know, it, like, it's hey, funny. Who's I, out there? Or something like, I mean, there's somebody that seemed to indicate that she knew that someone, that someone was there and uh, either way. Who cares? Right. True. I'm just saying it was basically a gratuitous, uh, you know, chance for them to show part of Anna Silk's chest. Which I'm not complaining about that or anything. I'm just saying. I, think, I, know, not, I was going to say, I think we're you know, in agreement that we're in favor of that. I just don't want it to be so obvious, you know. Like, you know, make it a little bit more sneaky. Put it into, like, a more realistic context. Well, well, you know, I know I've been talking about opening scenes, you know, pretty much since the beginning. And, and it just seems that the opening scenes have become less and less, you know, important, less and less revealing of, uh, well, no pun intended, I guess that this one was revealing, uh, but, but just really haven't done much for the story. So, all right, well, anyway, this story, the, you know, the, the main story is, you know, we see this, some old guy dies in uh, uh, what we, you know, later find out is some sort of backpackers hostel, uh, and that, you know, there's this recognition by this other young guy that's with him that, that, you know, he's somehow disturbed that, Hey, I know this guy, but you know, you're, you know, he, clearly he's not supposed to be old. So, you know, again, we, we've seen enough genre, uh, material that, that, you know, we get, you know, the idea that, you know, something's happened to make this guy old when he right. used to be young. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, we know that like right away. I, I mean, even the first time I saw something, it was like, Oh, that's. Obviously, some young dude got aged, but within the context of the show, that's not unusual at all, right? No, no, absolutely not. Now, uh, you know, Bo and Ryan, I mean, he's almost like teenagers and, uh, oh, can we double date, you know, and uh, why don't we go out with Kenzie and Nate and, uh, you know. Do do you remember, uh, uh, not Nate, uh, uh, Ryan's line when she asks him that? I can't remember uh, what exactly he said, but I knew he was definitely unenthusiastic about the idea. Well, and then he says, humans at lunch rather than humans for lunch. Hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that was good. Well, and then, you know, 
just you know, the next scene we see Dyson losing it with that suspect's father, and then of course, uh, you know, it turns out that he's somebody that's got you know a certain amount of influence within the city, and and it gets him suspended. Um, you know, clearly a reaction to his problems with Kiara. Um, yeah, Dyson's a, he's a man on the edge now. He's coming apart. Yeah, and you know, and and Hale once again's pretty much responsible and then even you know puts his badge on the line with the captain later that uh you know he'll be the one that's going to be responsible for Dyson you know reining it in but you know they get the case uh you know the dead old man whose records indicate that he's actually 22 you know leads them to figure it must be fay related now so what do we got here we got a it's called a circuit circuit yeah that they are supposed to to heal people. They're supposed to use their power to heal people, but in this case, the the circuit have gone bad, and they're um, using their power to drain the humans in order to uh, to feed to Faye so that they can stay young. Okay. Now, why? Did, you know, I, I've got in my notes that, and, and I and I can't remember if uh, if we find out why, but Trick tells Hale that he wants Bo to handle the case. And not, yeah, that was awkward. I'm not sure if we we find out why. Uh, you know, we learned that there's backpackers are disappearing, and that uh, the Fay apparently has a taste for young vagabonds. Um, then again, who doesn't? Um, all right, <laughs> I like the I like the uh, the double date scene. You know, Lambert asks for the uh, the 1949 vintage wine. Uh, I was there when it was bottled and, uh, you know, gets a, yeah, I'm not even sure Nate yeah. reacts, obviously, uh, Kenzie, uh, you know, understands, but, uh, so while they're there, Bo gets a call about Delphine. Uh, we find out that, uh, there's this medical testing going on, uh, medical testing for cash. Apparently that's still going on. I, geez, I'll tell you, I can remember when I was in college, I never did it, but I had a friend that, uh, uh, signed up for a number of medical tests, you know, where he was in there for a week or two. They'd infect him with something. And uh, I did like a psychological test once where, uh, you know, I had to go pass? in for, uh, yeah, I, I doubt it. <laughs> I had to go in like, it was like all day. Like I went in, they interviewed me like all day long, uh, my senior year. And then like 10 years later, they called me back and, and yeah, I did it again. So, you know, it came down to like, like 50 bucks each time I did, but it probably was like not really worth it when you figure how much time I actually spent, you know, answering questions. Right. It was probably worth it when you did it in college, but, uh, you know. Yeah, 50 bucks did go a long way in college. No question about that. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we, we, we run into these blood-draining sisters, and, uh, you know, and, and it's pretty obvious right away that one of them, you know, is not totally on board with what it is they're doing. Well, you got the one who's yeah. You you got the one who's always bossing the other one around. You say, "Well, I know where this one's going to end up." You know. Yeah. So, uh, um, you know, so Bo walks in, and we you can kind of see this coming. Bo walking into this trap, and uh, you know, they got her strapped down. Lambert arrives in the nick of time, and uh, Bo, you know, you can see her age, which was you know pretty pretty good makeup, um, and this is actually the second time we've seen her as an older lady. And then both times, I have to say, Anna Silk, still quite yeah. fetching as an yeah. older lady. Um, but 
you know, I, I mean, I, I, again, I don't want to say it was a real shocker, but, uh, you know, Bo's, you know, okay, so what are you going to do with them? Well, I'm not really going to do anything, you know. Um, you know, they're dark fey and they feed on humans, so really, what's the problem? And, you know, she, yeah, right. what's the problem? I mean, so, you know. Bo still sees things from her, you know, her standpoint as the unaligned, and, and she still doesn't always understand that being aligned one side or the other, you know, there's certain, like, responsibilities or, I don't know if responsibilities is a word, but, you know, just a certain worldview that goes along with that. Yeah. And and Ryan is, is, if you really think about it, from his viewpoint, from the Dark Fae viewpoint, he's yeah. absolutely right. You know, he's not going to hurt a fae because they're doing something to humans. Right. And, you know, but and we, we know, of course, this has to do something, have some impact on their relationship. So, you know, it's certainly something we'll keep an eye on. Now, I know the next thing got you, you know, got you excited when Lambert tells Nate that he's arranged for an agent to drop by. Yeah, I remember who the agent was, yeah, because the Morgan yes. stuff. Okay, so the Morgan comes in, and, and you know, I, I really liked Kenzie's, you know, reaction to all that, uh, you know, totally on the defensive um, and and just on the defensive because she's defending her man here, you know? Yeah, but, you know, like, you know, Ryan has a good point later too. He's like, you know, isn't this what he wants? You know, like if, if Nate wants to be famous, if he wants to make money as a singer, here's his chance, right? Like what – Right, and I mean what, – What group, what person, what famous person has not had to make – some similar type deal. I, I, I don't think there's anyone who probably made it big no. who didn't have to make some kind of deal early on, at least. And you say guys like Bruce Springsteen now can obviously just write his own ticket, do whatever he wants. But, you know, back early days, not so much. So. Uh, yeah. Yeah. They leave. So, you know, somebody gets yeah. left behind. So how is how so, is, uh, you know, like Nate make a deal with the Morgan any different than. Any other human agent where he'd have to make shady deals and, you know, make compromises and everything in order to become famous. Right? If, if you want to become famous. Yeah. Did you ever see the movie That Thing You Do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great movie. I am Spartacus. All right. Well, anyway, so it turns out that, uh, okay, the Morgan will back off Nate, but Kenzie's going to owe her a favor to be uh, paid at some point in the future, no questions asked. Yeah. Dodgy. Very, very sketchy oh, I mean, indeed. Yeah. The, the, the favorite to be yes, named later. Uh, so, uh, you know, selling her soul to the devil. Okay. So maybe that's a bit overstated, but certainly, uh, uh, you know, she's, she's, uh, you know, selling her soul to the, the, to at least the dark side at this point. Um, and then, has to basically tell Nate now that uh, the deal's off. You know, now the Morgan's saying, okay, it's up to you to tell him, you know, he's not good enough. But I'm thinking, okay, well, she doesn't have to say that. I mean, she can. Yeah, you don't have to put it like that. So, you know. He, but, I mean, you know, ultimately, Kenzie is responsible for it not happening. So, you know, that's, you know, things like this in a relationship. Listen to me, all you young people involved in your starry-eyed relationships things like this will ultimately come to light you can't hide something like this eventually it's going to come back to bite you 
you know, like secrets this big just aren't there. They don't stay nope, buried. Nope. So, uh, you know, be interesting to see how that turns out because, you know, I mean, look, I mean, of all the characters we've, you know, encountered in this, uh, you know, in this series, I mean, she's seen, she's like almost like the last one, uh, you know, to get involved in some sort of relationship. I mean, I guess we still haven't seen Hale, you know, right. uh, in, in anything, but, uh, it's because she was so much funnier and better when she wasn't in well, a relationship as most people are actually, um, you know, so anyway, so Bo tells Kenzie, you know, about Ryan being dark Fay, and, and, you know, just starting to, you know, it's obviously now something that's going to become, uh, you know, kind of a focal point, the conflicted feelings she's got, you know, between the light and the dark and the fact that she's still unaligned and, and, you know, it's something that has been coming up and, you know, now that she's dating a dark Faye, I guess it's going to come up, uh, uh, quite a bit. And, and then, you know, right on the heels of that is that, that little scene where Dyson, you know, I'm done explaining myself to anyone, you know, which is kind of what Bo's been saying all along, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And, you know, I am who I am and I don't need to answer to anyone. Yeah. You know, like, you know, a lot of people are concerned about Dyson, but in a way you see Dyson's just like, you know, uh, you know, just flipping off the entire world. Like, you know, bite me, you know, I'm going to, you know, you don't like my attitude, fine, whatever, deal with it, yeah. you know. I kind of, this is very punk rock type right. attitude. Yeah, and, you know, they obviously have it out, uh, and, uh, you know, he, he makes some good points, he, he being Ryan, that, you know, you say you're unaligned, but you spend all of your time with the light fay, and you think the dark are bad, and, and just kind of making her recognize that, uh, you know, perhaps, perhaps there's a certain amount of hypocrisy in her actions. Yeah, well, yeah, true. As I said before, yeah, yeah, he he raises some very good points, and good points are even better made when you present them with a present, like Bo gets at the end of this one. Actually, we the viewers kind of got a little present at the end of this episode. Yes, as the uh, the blonde hostess, uh, where was she at the restaurant? She was the maitre d at the restaurant. Yeah. Yes, uh, shows up for a uh, uh, nice little uh, encounter at the end of the episode. So. <laughs> Uh, you know, in the big picture, not not the uh, not the best of episodes. Uh, you know, not bad. I'd probably give it about a six and a half, seven, maybe. Yeah, yeah, that's six, six and a half. Sounds good. Yeah. So, do uh, you want to move on? Yeah, let's uh, continue. All right. Onwards so, and upwards. Uh, episode sixteen, schools out, and uh, there was a lot schools to like for me. Schools out all summer. <laughs> Uh, Continue. That would be Alice Cooper. Yeah, AC. Uh, all right. Uh, I hope our listeners appreciate that. Uh, as you know, you, you have heard Wayne cough several times. That that took a lot for him to do that. But <laughs> you know, I think I think the listeners have come to expect some some singing. Yeah. All right. A little bit. Um, yeah. So, like I said, you know, this was an okay episode. It did, it had a lot to like. I mean, it was it was a lot of, eh but a lot of things that I really did like. All right, so we see uh, Bo and Ryan hiding from Kenzie, right? He's like, what, in the tub underwater, um, yeah. you know, act, acting like... That was like, a funny scene. Yeah, I mean, acting like, again, you know, back to that whole, you know, mom and the kid, and, you know, it's like they're two teenagers hiding from the parents. Um, so, um, you know, then right on the heels of that, we see high school English class, 
Girl gets up, starts ranting about Romeo and Juliet as a metaphor for the Cold War. And I'm thinking like, okay, this is kind of cool. Uh, I'm not sure where she's going with all this. And then passes out, hits the ground. Goes all, yeah. But, you know, here, as far as opening scenes go, I really like this. You know, I mean, it really did, you know, set, set the story up and, you know, got my interest anyway. All right, so yeah, well, I just the the, the these school type classroom scenes that anyone who's actually ever been to school realizes is completely unrealistic, and you know, not I mean not just unrealistic. It's just like you know the whole you know it's just it's just so contrived, you know, and everything. Oh, here's a girl going to say her. You know, she never was did that well before, but she wrote a really good essay. She's going to come up and read, just like, come on now, man, you know? Well, and, and, Where's and, the teacher you know, at the front droning on and all the kids sleeping? That's like what it should be like, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Well, anyway, so we, we didn't – I don't think we saw Lauren in uh, either of the last two episodes, right? No, because they've been out of town, right? Right. Okay. So, oh, right. Because she had borrowed Bo's car. She she borrowed the car, and then and she's uh, so they, so yeah. For some reason, they got rid of both Lauren and Nadia and uh, Nate and Kenzie for a couple episodes. Yeah. Okay. So Lauren shows up at Bo's, and you know, initially Bo's excited to see her, and then it's like, oh, you have Nadia with you, and it's like, man, is she clingy? Yeah. This is where Nadia is officially uh, annoying. Well, and again, I guess, uh, you know, I know I've gotten my notes somewhere, but I mean, has she always been this clingy? I mean, uh, I mean, it's almost like uh, I'm not sure why Lauren would have been attracted to her in the first place if she was like this. And exactly. you, know, okay, you know, maybe it's a result of being in a coma for five years, although I guess when you're in a coma for five years, you don't really realize that, you know, it doesn't seem like five years. If I were in a coma for five years, I'd be like, dude, what's been happening on Fringe for crying out loud? Like, I yeah, wouldn't be yeah. going out. I'd be home. I'd be on Netflix, like, 24-7. Yeah, good point. Do, of course, do they even have a TV? I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah. I'd, I'd have, they'd have to get one. Yeah. I'd be like, Lauren, come on. I've, I don't, I've, they couldn't wall mount I've missed it. five years of The Office. Come on, let's <laughs> go. I need a TV. I got to get caught up. All right. Well, so... Dyson shows up with a case for Bo, and they're going to be going undercover again. And and again, I, you know, I really do like these undercover assignments. The last one, I guess, was at the country club. Uh, you know, when Dyson wearing the uh, the pink polo, and you know, uh, so they're going undercover. Bo is an English lit teacher. Dyson is a counselor, and Kenzie as a student. Yeah. And I liked and I liked Bo's line. I I can't do Jane Austen again. Dyson replies, well, that's what I said when I left England. Yeah, that was a funny one. Um, He's right, just well, boasting. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, so, uh, you know, I'm sitting there waiting like, okay, she's up in the front of the class. And, you know, of course, it gets their attention when she walks in. Yeah, key then, in, Alex Van Halen, drum yeah, bit. Yeah, right. And then, of course, the first thing she does is takes off her jacket. Um, but goes up to the board. Uh, and my name is Miss, and I'm like, are we going to get her last name now? Just call me Bo. Yeah. Does she not know her last name? It's funny that she didn't write it up there because it's like, that's awkward. Do you not know what your last name is? Yeah. Because there's I no mean, reason I... not to put, or even like a fake one. 
Yeah, I mean, I think that's just a nod to the to the fan base, uh, you know, the nerds like us that, you know, it's like this little detail that's, you know, relatively unimportant. But I mean, look, she was raised. I mean, she went to school. Clearly, she's yeah, got a last right. name. Uh, or it could know. be a nod to the movie School of Rock. Never see that. Oh, my God. Many times. Yeah. He gets up. He's like, he's like, my name is Mr. Schneebly. He starts trying to. To spell it, he's like, just call me Mr. Astley. Here he yeah, <laughs> right. Um, that's a great flick, by the way. Love that movie. Um, all right, so anyway, she writes her name on the board, and, uh, you know, yeah, a little bit of the, you know, the Montague Capulet feud paralleling the the light-dark conflict. Uh, but uh, Bo says, you know what, we're going to put all that uh, Shakespeare aside, and we're going to talk about werewolves. Yeah, so, like, not only does she keep this substitute job for a second day, but then apparently has achieved some favored substitute status where she gets to go in and give the vice principal crap every day. Well, well, hold on, but before we get, you know, she wants to talk about werewolves. So this is This should be the point in the podcast where I come up with some sort of witty Kristen Stewart reference. Okay. All right. Um, yeah, you're talking about un, unrealistic, right? She gets to, like you said, uh, yeah. I would think most substitutes just uh, keep their head down and stay out of the stay out of the way as much as they can. Now, like, I, I just wanted at some point when she's like in this office, like giving them crap. He's like, "Wait, aren't you a substitute teacher? What the hell are you doing in here? Go, go home. It's it's two thirty. Go yeah. away. You're you're a yeah. sub." Now, I don't know about you, but I was shocked that Kenzie got into a fight. Yeah. You know? Well, you know, they they not only disrespected the shoes, but, <laughs> you know, they, they, poured- they befouled the shoes. Yes. So, uh, they, uh, so she gets sent to the principal. I think she got sent to the principal's office. Uh, oh, no, that's uh, not the principal's office. She got sent to the uh, the manager's office when she was working at the country club. Right. Um yeah, she she gets all the. She stayed, jobs. she stayed out of hot water when they were in college, though. Yeah. Oh, right. Now, so we find out that the cheerleaders have been doping, and uh, you know there seems to be some sort of fae involvement here. Uh, back to Lauren, which you know I guess that's kind of the B story in this episode: the whole Lauren Nadia Bo relationship, and and you know clearly Lauren's the conflicted one here. Uh, you know, she's hiding things about Bo from Nadia, and I think she even tells Bo that she's hiding things, right? Is that – am I recalling that correctly? Um, but Yes, but I'm not sure if it's this episode that she knows that. Yeah, okay. Um, so, you know, th- this – I think one of the things that we see a lot is that, you know, really playing up the – you know, the, this three-way, and I don't mean three-way in the, you know, the good sense – between the women with Lauren now the one caught in the middle. Um, and, uh, you know, like I said before, we're not sure what Nadia was like before she went all Rip Van Winkle on us, but, you know, clearly she's it's very, very annoying. She calls, you know, I mentioned my, my take on the use of the word babe uh, between people oh. in a relationship, and Nadia uses the word twice in this particular scene. Yeah. I have a question, um, though. Okay. And, and you can edit this out later if you want. But my question is this. When it's between two lesbians, they still call it a cock block. Oh. 
Because oh, Lauren just says, just gives her the Heisman, you know? It's just like, whatever, I'm out. I don't know. So. All right, well. It's just to be followed, trying to think whether he's going to edit that yeah, out. Yeah, <laughs> now I'm flustered. All right, anyway, so. Uh, all right, so we see Kenzie playing chess. Again, not uh, not what I expected to see. Um, and the kid she's playing chess with is the one that turns out to be at the center of the whole controversy here. Um, right. Earl. Now, is this, you know, some sort of, and, and this is the point in the episode where, st- you know, everything starts to come together. You know, is this some social commentary on how hard we push teenagers, you know, to succeed these days? Or am I just reading too much into it? No, no, no. That, that, that's clearly uh, a major theme of this essay. Uh, essay. Yeah. <laughs> a major theme of major theme of what Poe is trying to say. Uh, no, it's a major theme of, of this uh, this episode. Is, is certainly that uh, parents are definitely uh, way overbearing nowadays with their kids and and pushing them and and you know not letting the kids be yeah, kids. And, you know? and the excuse that well, I just want to give them opportunities that I didn't have. You know, or I just want to give them opportunities so that they can be the best that they can be. And, uh, you know, the the father was, was sort of a pitiful character. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you don't flat out dislike him, right? I mean, you you, you see that – kind of understand a little bit where he's coming from, but also, you know, do not favor his methods. All right, well, then we start, we see Kenzie spouting off all this Euclidean geometry. And, uh, you know, they, they start to put, you know, again, two and two together that after kissing the chess kid is what, uh, you know. Well, his, his attempt to kiss, he didn't actually kiss him. He made that awkward attempt right, to but, kiss her. Uh, so they got to. T- yeah, we've all been there too, man. Right. Girl, I feel for you there, buddy. You know, just. Uh, what's the, uh, saying better to have loved and lost, but, uh, anyway, so Bo takes Kenzie to Lauren and, uh, yeah, again, it's Kenzie that notes, uh, that Lauren's approach to the problem is all wrong. She, you know, erases the whiteboard or whatever the, you know, the, uh, the chemistry, uh, chemical compounds or whatever those were. Uh, she makes the changes and, and Lauren's like, oh, she's right. Yeah. Who, who, who didn't know, right? That's poor Kenzie, you know, like she finally gets like crazy smart. And everyone's like, there's something wrong. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, but, you know, at the end, I mean, this episode really didn't, uh, I mean, it certainly didn't o- advance the overall mythology uh, very much. I mean, it, it focused a little bit on the, you know, the Bo, Lauren, Nadia triangle and a little bit on Bo and Ryan's relationship, uh, you know, and the, the, you know, the light, dark problems. But yeah, you know, in the end, uh, I, I guess the, the the thing I did think was kind of funny, uh, Bo tries to break up with Ryan there at the end, but he hits her with a disco ball. And what and what girl can refuse a disco ball? What what guy can? Who 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 in the world can resist a disco ball? I tell you, you know, this is just Ryan again. He's just like super cool, you know. Like he actually goes and sets up a whole high school dance for her. Like how crazy is that? Yeah. This guy's really trying hard. And then at the end, uh, the photos of some necklace. Yeah. Well, that's it's Laura's necklace, right? Okay. That's what I thought. I, I was pretty sure because she was, you know, taking the pictures of of her and everything. 
um, earlier. And so she's got these close-up pictures of the necklace. It's just bizarre. It's just weird. Yep. She's just weird. I don't like her. Who's that, Lauren? No, well, Nadia. No, Nadia. Yeah, yeah. You know, they call each other babe. Yeah. She she takes pictures of necklaces. She's always like there. I don't know. I just don't like it. Yeah. No, I don't. Either. I don't like her. I don't like her one bit. Okay. So and it's not. It's not like a, oh, it's, you know, Lauren and Bo got to be together. I just you know I just don't. I don't. Uh, I just don't. She just rubs me the wrong way. Yeah. So, which is kind of ironic in that you know I think you know most people that watch the show are probably rooting for Bo and Dyson. Uh, you know, but you know, it's, I'm kind of like you. I'm kind of liking Ryan Lambert. So, yeah. All right. Last episode. Yeah, Dyson had evening. his chance. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Last episode for the evening. Uh, episode seventeen. The girl who fade with fire. Yep. And we're back to uh, this was written by Emily Andres, which we should mention. Yeah. Actually, this had some because uh, Jay Firestone was one of the writers for the last one, and Jeremy Boxen, the one before that. So. The, the uh, the big boys have been stepping up to write these these uh, kind of later middle episodes of season two. Yeah, and I thought this was a pretty strong episode. Um, oh yeah, no question, especially because it really does uh, uh, advance the mythology uh, pretty well. Yeah, I, I, yeah, we get a lot of information. Um, I'm not sure most of mine is spelled correctly, but um, so. You know, opening scene, we see Bo at home, you know, kind of eerie music going on in the background. All of a sudden, Kenzie, you know, leaps out and attacks her with a sword. And you're thinking like, okay, she must have eaten something that's, you know, made her crazy. And then we learn it's just really uh, her trying to keep uh, everybody alert for when the Garuda attacks. And Yeah, so, you, I mean, you know, like, what that's totally from, right? No. Uh, probably like Star Wars. No, 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 from a comedy, actually. Yeah. 70s, Peter Sellers, uh, Pink Panther. Nah. Well, I mean, I've seen it, but. What? Yeah. You haven't seen the Pink Panther movies? Yeah, I have, but they're Don't you not. Don't like Cato? Yeah. He had, like, there was that, that's one of the most famous scenes, not only in the Pink Panther movies, but in, like, like movies, period, where the, the fight scene in uh, the, the Return of the Pink Panther, when Cato, like, jumps him and they have this. You know, because he he has this this uh this like a servant or some Cato who he instructs to uh, to attack him at at uh, you know uh, times when he's not aware so to keep him on his feet. Oh, okay. And so there's this big fight scene. It's it's a very funny scene. You know, because you know, Inspector Clouseau is not not a fighter necessarily, but so anyway. Yeah. See, and, that's and, all I uh, say about and, that. And uh, you know, you're you're. Film knowledge uh, I needed it the other day at, at lunch, and you uh, decided to, you know, work through lunch because I was trying to remember the name of the film that uh, Gillian Anderson was in. It was a, a, it was a period movie. Uh, uh, the guy that, that was uh, in uh, Caprica, uh, Eric Stoltz, was in it. Um, and it turned out the movie mm. I was trying to think of was House of Mirth. Oh, I would, couldn't have helped you there, bro. Oh, Sorry. really? Oh, yeah, okay. no. Okay. All right. Well, uh, the only movie that started with House that I liked was House of Sand and Fog. Uh, that was a good movie. But uh, any other movie that, that starts Bert, with that House Bergman? of. What's that? Is that the Bergman film? No, yeah. it was a Jennifer Connelly film. Oh, oh, I know what it is. Right, right, right. right. Yeah, it's really good. So, but all right. one more, I have one more word to say about the fight scene is that 
reverse cowgirl, I do not believe, is a fighting stance. <laughs> okay. Just saying. Well, maybe it should be, though. Um, maybe. Well, they, they, they use it twice during this, so. All right, so uh, the main story, uh, you know, we're at some sort of mansion, um, and uh, Miss Carmody, some wealthy woman, turns up uh, burnt yeah, to she, a crisp in her office chair. Turns out it's a fey crime, so, of course, the dynamic duo, Hale and Dyson, are on the case. and uh, Or a fate crime. Right, you know, right. Fate crime, fate. Anyway. But we find out that fails fa- uh, fails. Hale's father wants him off the case because of appearances, which at this point we don't really know what that means, but it doesn't take us long to uh, to find out. Um, gosh, you know, we've seen the girls fighting, uh, or, you know, for you know, a number of episodes. Well, now the boys are. And Hale's venting to Kenzie about Dyson. Um, and then all of a sudden, out of the blue, he asks Kenzie out on a date. Well, not really a date, but... Uh, he needs a date for the big five families ball, and she agrees. Although she's not sure she wants to go meet his family, she does. Yeah, she's right not to. It's really, I mean, I'm I'm with Kenzie. I mean, like, okay, I kind of see why Hale does it. I understand that he is trying to make a statement about how the Fae need to, you know, and humans need to get along better and everything. But uh, but really, dude, that's just that's not fair. You could have pulled some other random human like you pull Kenzie in there you know he had to know what it's going to be like right um so uh, do we learn Hale's last name is it Sa- Santiago no we learned it ages ago well we learned oh, uh, we not did. ages ago at the beginning of the season oh you're right right okay so uh, uh, Santiago de Zamora right so his right he's his father's the head of the Zamora clan then we've got Lord Dabner the uh Finarvin. is that Finarvin, yeah yeah clan and then uh the uh, the burnt lady in the chair, uh, Marisol Carmody. The I'm not even I can't even remember. Is it Bukharin clan? I can't. I'm not sure how to pronounce it. But, Something like uh, that. All right. So we find out that there's been this precarious peace among these three families. Um, Lock Lachlan once again uh, enlists uh, Bo's help. Uh, you know, and uh, uh, you know to try to. I guess kind of get to the bottom of what's going on here. Um, Hale's father, on the other hand, is uh, and sister. Boy, what do you make of the sister? Well, she's not nice. Yeah, boy. <laughs> um, <laughs> she's uh, you know, she's yeah, she's she's pretty. I mean, I, you know, almost like kind of like a stereotypically snobby rich person type thing. You know, both of them. Yeah, so uh, uh, bigot, you know, upper class, wrist crack bigot. Yeah, now ironically, uh, I guess uh, you know, uh, given that uh, Hale is a siren, the sister's power is that she's able to steal people's voices. Yeah, uh, Pombero, um, or Pombero, something. Like that. And you know, a- again, it's 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 one of the few times we really see Kenzie in a in a vulnerable position in a. Uh, you know, a serious position where event, you know, she just can't take the insults anymore. And, and she storms out and, and you, you can't blame her. No, I was surprised she stayed as long as she did. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly. Um, uh, I'm surprised it t- took Nate this long to voice his, uh, trust issues. And, 
confronts Kenzie, who decides she's going to tell him the truth, which is, of course, that she and Bo are spies. This is where this is again just a ridiculous side story that just it just detracts. It does not add to, but detracts from the main story, in my opinion. This is probably why Nate annoys me so much. It's just like, you know, this is this is unnecessary side stuff, right? Well, I it's, mean, it's, it's it's distracting. Well, and that's and that's the thing. I mean, throughout all of the series, there's really nobody that. Uh, you know, you have to hide anything from, you know, I mean, like, 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 for instance, with Continuum, where Kiara Cameron, I mean, you know, she really can't tell any of the people she works with that, oh, yeah, by the way, I'm a time traveler from 2077, you know, so really, right. that's well, the she only could thing. could tell that, them, but they lock her up. Well, right, exactly. And, and, but really, that's the only thing the whole Nate story has going for it, that he's kind of the only one that doesn't know the truth. Right. Right. Which is not really worth it, if you ask. No, no, I agree. I agree. And the, the more I talk to you about it, the more I dislike him. Yeah, so, see. Um, all right. Um, Lord Dabner explodes in front of Bo. So now we've got two of the three, uh, you know, heads of the clans down. And, and that leaves only Hale's father, which, you know, sort of uh, puts a suspicion on him for having something to do with it. And. You know, um, you know, that's certainly understandable. Yeah, well, but they didn't really keep the suspicion on him long in, at all because it's pretty right after that that we find out about the Chiruf and the extra clan and everything. Right. So uh, um, now b the, back to the B story for a second. Uh, you know, we've got uh, Lauren comes to Bo to work on a case. Oh, surprise, surprise, she brings Nadia with her. And, uh, you know, so we learn about the Chiruf. Well, it's fine because, like, you know, right before they come in, Bo says, it's hard to be in a relationship if you can't be completely honest. And then Lauren and Nadia walk in. I just thought it was, like, funny little yeah, oh, placement of that line there. Yeah. Um, you know, we find uh, the Chiruf was responsible for the explosion at Pompeii, which uh, that was a nice little touch, perhaps. You know, not until needed. we actually see the Chiruf and, like, turns out to be, like, the lamest bad guy ever. Yeah, and, and you're like, so really, this is the guy who took down all the Pompeii. Okay, yeah. so uh, all right, so anyway, Bo catches Nadia, you know, going through her weapons cache. Well, I'm just wanted to check out the competition, and you know, it's like, you know, I, I liked Bo's response. Hey, you know, who hasn't gone through somebody's medicine chest? Yeah, well, again, more reasons not to like Nadia. Yeah, well, and, and then, I know it's not me. I mean, I know they're obviously purposely making her out to be unlikable and everything, but. You know, they're just really heaping it on her. You know, the writer is just really making it blatantly. We don't like Nadia at all. Yeah, well, and even, you know, the, the end of the episode when she, you know, she, she deliberately cuts her hand with that big knife. Yeah, what the? That's and, crazy, man. And, and then that little evil grin at the end. And it's like, yeah, uh, you know, but like, again, look, I mean, we've got good writers on this show. So, I mean, clearly their, their, uh, their lines are having the... Uh, I'm, I'm sure the desired effect, which is for us to dislike Nadia. Yes. Um, and to think she's bonkers. Yeah. Um, all right. So we find out, you know, that there was a fourth family, you know, we, so we find out the whole deal that, uh, you know, the three families, the three other families made a deal with the Chiruf to get rid of the fourth family. <clears throat> Boy, we're both coughing here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, crazy. And... Then they reneged on their deal, which, 
I I don't know. You know, I mean, there's been so so much uh, made about rules and and you know certainly trick. You know, one of the more well, I mean, really all the fay that we've run into on the light side have been pretty honorable. Um, so that you know to you know go back on an agreement. I don't know. Seems kind of out of character. Well, yes and no, because I mean, we do have the former Ash who you know cursed Nadia just so he could you know uh, you know get Lauren to side herself in their servitude. So um, there, you know, there's there's like we said before, you know, there's light Fay as well as dark that are you know pretty devious individuals. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so we got the ball. Kenzie shows up at the ball and, uh, you know, I'll tell you all I wrote in my notes is wow. Yeah. Wow. Indeed. Yeah. She really, uh, you know, when she it's, it's, uh, you know, she reminds me kind of, of like, uh, Audrey Hepburn and, uh, yeah. Tiffany's there, you know, like, yeah. Good call. Hair up. Uh, yeah. You know, similar kind of gown. Yeah. Just, just looked awesome. Yeah. Um, great. Now, I'll kind of put you on the spot since I don't have any sisters. Okay. And I know you do. I have three. Um, you know, I, I mean, the whole Hale being so, you know, bent out of shape that his oh, adult, oh. his adult sister and his best friend. Dude. I mean. Dude, that that is way uncool. Oh, okay. Dyson, what Dyson did. Okay. That is, that's. That's bad. That's really bad. Okay. There's like the unwritten rule, like no sisters, man. Okay. Like that's, 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 that's horrible. I, even I was like, and usually Dyson gets pretty much, you know, mostly a free pass for me, but even I was like, dude, not, not the sister. You know, she, yeah, great. All right. I understand consenting adult and all that, but no, 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 not, not the sister, not especially the little sister. Well, and that's clearly, no, that's and- no. Well, it's going to be interesting to see how long that wedge that's clearly now been driven in between Hale and Dyson, how long that wedge lasts because, uh, you know, and, and you know, okay, hearing your perspective on it, uh, it sounds like it may last for a while. Yeah, uh, Dee's going to have to do some some major uh, bromancing to, uh, to repair this rift. Yeah. Um, now, Bo gets trapped in the wine cellar by Hale's father and uh, – Nate Freezer, come on, you know, he's like sneaking in to take back his girl. And, uh, you know, Kenzie tells Nate that she loves him. Whoa. And apparently the first time that he's, she's told him that because he, even he seems surprised. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I mean, that isn't surprising, you know, and nor is Nate being completely intrusive and annoying by being there. And that's not surprising either. So. Um, all right. So we see the, you know, the truth shows up at Hale's, uh, Bo uses, I guess it's liquid, liquid nitrogen to freeze the truth. Oh, that was pretty clever. Um, you know, we, we learn. Yeah. And you didn't see it coming since she first walks into the kitchen. There's a big liquid nitrogen. Container. <laughs> yeah. Um, I wonder if they're going to end up using that. <laughs> um, and then he, you know, what the hell is a big liquid nitrogen container doing in the kitchen well, in the first place, actually, when you really yeah, think about yeah, it? That's uh, that's what I was thinking. Now, 
It's a special uh, a recipe for asparagus I have. You just soak it in liquid nitrogen for a little bit and then. Yeah, and now you know now that he's been caught. And when I say he, I mean Hale's father. Uh, oh yeah, and by the way, any resources you might need to fight the Charuf, uh, I mean to fight the Garuda, just let me know. I'm like, okay, but you know, I guess it's to all their benefits. Uh, um, you know, the uh, you know, and, and interestingly enough, we find you know, at the end of all this, the Fey nobles still won't unite, even though the danger of the Garuda is coming. And, you know, I don't know. I mean, I guess, you know, the whole thing about Hale, you know, you mentioned, uh, you know, earlier, Hale trying to move the Fae, you know, kind of into the 21st century, so to speak, that, you know, they've got to learn to, you know, get along better with humans and that sort of thing. Um, you know, one day he is going to take over his clan and, and uh, you know, is he going to be, yeah, will the series last long enough for us to see that happen? Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, that's certainly, you know, maybe that's something we might see in season three. Actually, I, I don't think it would yeah. be um, out of out of the realm of possibility that you know, because we do see Hale uh, now. You know, I mean, this is we've seen him kind of taking increasing roles this season, stepping more towards the uh, center stage in, in a lot of episodes. So. I think I think that'd be great. I think it'd be really cool. Gosh, we can actually make real predictions now. Yeah. Yep. Almost. Well, that's all I've got. Um, you know, I mean, you know, a lot in this episode. I mean, we learn a lot of the backstory on the on the families. Yep. And you know, a lot. Uh, you know, we've got now the, you know, the 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 problem between Bo and uh, I mean uh, between Dyson and Hale. Uh, we've got Bo and uh, Ryan Lambert. We've got Kenzie. And, you know, to, so the relationships are piling up. It's, uh, you know, the question is, is there going to be a train wreck? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think we're, you know, fairly cl- – well, yeah. Well, we know, like – I mean, we see that the, there's – yeah, you know, Kenzie said I love you and everything. But there's still that this whole thing that she's – you know, there's a big part of her life that she's not shared with Nate. And – so obviously that situation ultimately would become untenable. Um, you know, Ryan and Bo, that, you know, there's, there's elements there that also are, you know, this, this is not obviously a relationship that's going to be able to last because, you know, we saw that in the, with the two Faye sisters and their differences there, you know. And then Kiara and Dyson is yeah. blowing up. Yeah, so I, I'd say that, and, and Nadia and uh, and uh, Lauren, obviously that one's heading for you know for bad town. So I, I yeah, absolutely, a, you know, train wreck is coming pretty soon. I'd say, and we don't have too many more episodes to go in season two. Um, so no, we don't. But I, one more thing I have to say because there were two kind of references to modernist poetry at the end of this one. The first one I came up with like, oh. Dyson is like a hollow man, like T.S. Eliot poem, The Hollow Man, um, unable to love and everything, kind of like also G.L. for proof rock and everything. Um, and then, uh, you know, he's completely empty inside. And then uh, um, Bo says, something much worse is slouching towards us. And that's clearly a reference to uh, William Butler Yeats's poem, The Second Coming, um, where it just, he wonders, you know, what uh, strange creatures slouches towards Bethlehem to be born. In other words, you know, what new monster is coming on the horizon, you know, for that's 
it's going to indicate a huge change for the world and everything. Um, so I just thought that was no, neat absolutely. how they worked that in. All right. Well, um, I guess that's all I've got. And is that, is that it for you? Yeah, before I hack up another one. Well, I'll tell you, uh, you know, we, uh, our, our intention was, and, and uh, you know, I, I, you know, didn't want to come across like I was pushing Wayne to to do this. I was like, well, why don't we just try to do one tonight, you know, knock it out in 15, 20 minutes, and at least we'll have something to post. And thinking that, you know, well, you know, maybe we'll get on a roll and maybe we'll get two knocked out. And I think that's what we even said right before we started. And, uh you know, I think we did all right getting all four. Yeah, so. yeah, a little sense of accomplishment, a little little metaphorical pat on their backs for us yep. there. And so. uh, now we got to go watch another four episodes. Yeah, right? and uh, although, uh, well, I know I it won't be me. It might be you uh, going to go watch tonight's Fringe. I think I'll probably have to. Oh, I'm, I'm, oh, I'm watching Fringe yeah, right now. So, yeah, uh, yeah what, what am I still doing yeah, talking right, to you, man? So. i got to go watch Fringe. All right, so anyway, uh, drop us a line at fadelistpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can, at the website, uh, you can also leave a voice message. There's a big tab on the right-hand side. Uh, the website's fatalist.podbean.com, and you can, as always, uh, get the web uh, podcast through iTunes. So, until next time. I got nothing.